Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome back, fight fans, to the BTR Boxing Podcast. Big fight preview for Dimitri Bivol and Gilberto Ramirez. WBA light heavyweight title on the line in Dubois. We've also got a really stacked undercard as well. And I say stacked, and I mean, what I mean really is a triple header of world title fights. Zelfa Barrett's going for the IBF World Super Featherweight title. The vacant title is on the line against Shakhvadon Rachmanov. This is a really good fight for, for Barrett and a, a defining night hopefully for Zelfa Barrett but the other huge fight on this card is Chantal Cameron she's fighting for all the marbles in the super lightweight division after Callie Reese decided to vacate them due to some filming commitments because she's also an actress as well so Jessica McCaskill the current undisputed welterweight champion has moved down in weight to take on Chantal Cameron for all the marbles in this division, which is a really intriguing fight, which I'm excited to talk about. We've got the two Yafai brothers on there, Galal and Khalid Yafai on here, and then Akib Fias also features on this card. So, the headline event, Dimitri Bivol, Gilberto Ramirez. This is a big fight for the light heavyweight division. Gilberto Ramirez really finally gets an opportunity to fight a guy at the top of the mountain. And... His big fights, we've seen him in the past against the likes of Sullivan Barrera and the likes of Jesse Hart twice. I mean, Arthur Abraham even as well. You've got to mention Arthur Abraham when he was a super middleweight. For me, this is this is the biggest fight of his career now, Gilberto Ramirez. And it's a defining time for him to determine whether he is one of the best light heavyweights out there. Or will it just solidify most people's opinions that Bivol is certainly... A bit, of the, a bit of a king at this division, aside from Baturbiev. Yeah, it's it's, an, it's a fascinating one, um, literally because Ramirez is the guy that hasn't 
yeah, I mean, look, he's very rarely been in an uncomfortable fight. We've not really seen him challenged. Uh, I think Hart gave him some some problems. Uh, so did Barrera. But to have 44 wins, 44 fights, 44 wins, and not be challenged is um, is a bit of a concern for me. I don't see... Some people may see it that, you know, it was uh, was because he's so good. But when you look at the level of his uh, opponents, barring Sullivan Barrera and Jesse Hart, and as you say, Abraham... I mean, Abraham and Barrera were, um, let's say that they were they were over the hill in terms of their abilities at that time. And then all, all with Jesse Hart, Jesse Hart is a guy that, that that's the sort of level of opponent he should have been fighting three or four of those guys on his record. Um, but then on the on the flip side of it, I have to say that when I have watched Ramirez, there are elements to what he does that I really like. And um, I mean, we'll go into that. But in terms of when you just look straight off off the cuff on their CVs, um, I don't think there's any question that Bibble stands out brightly. Well, his last victory over Canelo Alvarez was one of the brighter victories <laughs> in his career. It was a victory that people were not so sure was going to come. And, and it was questionable because I think we all possibly felt that maybe Alvarez could do not so much the impossible, but, you know, stepping up against a light heavyweight after he'd beaten Kovalev, you start to think, hang on, maybe Alvarez could do this. But Bivol taught him a lesson. He taught him about the lesson in weight classes, and he taught him about the lesson about trying to go in there against a much bigger fighter. doesn't always play to your advantages as a fighter. And it was great to see Bivol just not even get out of second gear, really, against Canelo in that division. So it just proved to me that... I think Bivol and Baturbiev is the mega fight for this division that needs to happen. And once that does happen, we will truly see who is the king of this particular division. But until he gets past Gilberto Ramirez, we're not going to get to see how things play out. And obviously, Baturbiev is fighting Anthony Yard as well. So, you know, there's a big punching fight between them two for as long as that lasts in 2023. So it's, it's really interesting how this light heavyweight division is playing out. And then you've got a few guys sort of around the, the cusp of the light heavyweight division that are looking for their opportunities as well. So, you know, this is a big fight for Bivol. He needs a victory here ultimately against Ramirez to strengthen his claim as the best in the division. The fact that Ramirez has got an undefeated record, obviously some of it has been amassed, you know, in the super middleweight division, of course, as well. But the fact that he's comfortably gone into this division and he's done it with such ease. And as you rightly pointed out, he's not really been troubled by anybody as such yet since he's been a light heavyweight. It makes you wonder, like, what sort of a fight we're actually going to get to see. I mean, all if you're looking at sort of betting on this fight, you'd think, well, Bivol's, you know, a dead cert for this fight, isn't he? You know, he's naturally the bigger guy in this fight. I mean, obviously, he came up from super middleweight as well, but he's naturally the bigger guy in this fight. He's got a, a resume, which he has beaten the best guys of the light heavyweight division, barring Baturbiev, of course, but he's beaten... Really, near enough everybody else there is to be maybe barring the likes of Anthony Yard Callum Johnson from our perspective you know he's beating everyone else he needs to beat really to get himself in line but this this would really solidify his position in this division and say like would he be classed as the number one in this division if he beats Ramirez that's a good question that is a great question um, I mean Baturviev 18 wins 18 knockouts um, but but Bivol, if he beats Ramirez, yes, I would have him as 
the main man of the division. Um, until obviously Bivol and Baturbi have get it on, we just it's, it's difficult really to su- suggest who comes through that. But when you look at it, I mean, um, it's the fight. Right? I mean, if anything, it's probably one of the biggest fights in boxing, Bivol and Baturbiev. Uh, you know, when you think of Crawford Spence and Joshua uh, Fury or Fury Usyk, um, there's not really many bigger fights than this left, really. Uh, Baturbiev, Bivol was definitely one of them. But yeah, I would show them. I mean, Gilberto Ramirez at 30 knockouts, 44 wins. Um, what I like about him is he's... His body work and um, I, I really, I think he, he's got a great uppercut um, and and he's he's really big and strong. Um, he imposes himself, but he doesn't impose himself in the in the respect where he rushes in and just dominates the fighter unless they're obviously bowled him over, which he has done previously. But he's taking his time and I quite like that about him. Um, but yeah, absolutely he would. I mean, you look at Boatsy, Callum Smith, uh, Smith Ju- uh, Jr., Joe Smith Jr., and then you got Yard. Uh, Marcus Brand, Callum Johnson, Jean Pascal, Craig Richards. I mean, none of the, them guys are battling out really for the possibility of um, taking the, taking them up like that, that mantle. But look, Bivol, as you say, I mean, he's beating them all really. I mean, he's done Smith Junior, he, he's done Brown, uh, and he's done uh, Richards. So um, yeah, look, if he does Ramirez, he's the number one man until Baturvi of them probably beats Yard and then it puts him back up there until they fight each other we're just never going to know it's it's a really good fight this I'm excited for it because it really will get to tell us again a lot about both of these guys really we'll get to know how good Ramirez is because we haven't seen him really have this level of test yeah. yet in the division so it'll probably tell us more about Ramirez than it will about Bivol really because I think we kind of know now what we've got with Bivol and, and the different skills and abilities that he's shown in different fights whereas I, I don't think that Ramirez is I don't think he's been challenged at that level and maybe Sullivan Barrera was a really good challenge for him Jesse Hart was obviously a really good challenge for him in the division but then you're going back sort of seven years ago when he's in the super middleweight division and he's fighting a, an over the hill Arthur Abraham but you know I mean I think that's kind of yep. you're looking at his resume and you're thinking this is his big test this is his chance to throw his name in the hat as one of the best in this division but he's got a big task in front of him he's got to beat Bivol and I suppose the question is how does he do it I mean how does Ramirez be Bivol? Um, it's a good question. I mean, I mean, look, he's, he's obviously got to impose his size on him. I think it's something I'll say. He's got to try to. Um, he's got to hurt him early. I, I feel like his body shots are are excellent. He's got some great body shots and he whips them right in deep. Um, I, I like that about him. Um, but as I say, it's just the, the quality of it. It's difficult to assess him because of the quality of his opponents. But yeah, the the body shots because Bivol can get hit by it. You know, he's he, we see it a couple of times against Canelo and and other fighters where he he does get he is acceptable to getting hit in the body. So if he can land a nice one right under the ribs and really rattle him, then um, that will be the only way he really wins his fight. Otherwise, for me, I think Bivol because of his energy, his his high level punch output, he's uh, he's got he's got great distance he knows when to pressure when not to pressure he can switch the angles if he likes he's a light heavyweight that can almost fight like a super middleweight at times and I think um it's just the natural ability his lateral movement I just think causes too many problems for Ramirez whereas as I say Ramirez his best hope really is to really try and hurt him I'm not saying he can't he possibly can um so I think that's what you're looking at really otherwise I can Honestly, um, I think Bivol will walk away with this in the end. I think um, it might be tight, but then uh, 
sort of I say tight. To be honest, I think Bivol probably steals the first few rounds, and then um, and then it's it's it's, it's just Ramirez trying to gather this this fight back, and by then he's just it's too late. Um, when when you can't allow Bivol to get in a groove, if you do that, then he, you're in trouble. And we see that with Canelo, um, and he's done it with other fighters. It, and I feel that this is a big enough fight for him that uh, I think Ramirez will will suffer his first defeat. Yeah, I mean, it's a good assessment of, of how you think the fight is going to go down. And I don't think I'm too dissimilar, really, from, from that assessment in terms of how I think the fight will go down. I think Ramirez will cause some problems for Bivol throughout the course of the fight. But ultimately, I think Bivol, his boxing ability that he's shown over the past couple of years, he's just, he's just getting so much better. And the way he was able to just deal with Canelo with such ease in their fight... No, I'm not making that comparison for Ramirez here, but if you want to look at any fight, I suppose that is a good fight to to, to to look at because you can see the different things he does in that fight to keep Canelo from trying to use all these different movements inside of the ring and all these different techniques that he's used previously. That's been so successful for him throughout his career. Bivol just made him look like a, a standard defense of his title really i mean that's 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 probably the best way i can put it is like he made it look like a standard dimitri bivol defense against canelo rather than it being a super fight which is what it was but i think ramirez is going to have some trouble with him i think bivol will work out the problems and i think for me bivol takes his fight he takes it on points he 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 has a few rounds where you know he'll, he'll let Ramirez maybe come into it, not so much let him, but he'll, he'll maybe take a step back a little bit, assess the situation, and then move in with a different plan if Ramirez brings something to the table that Bivol's not dealt with before. But ultimately, I can only see this going one way, and that's a Dimitri Bivol win on points. Yeah. He, he could knock him out late, but we haven't seen Ramirez in enough trouble to really know whether or not he would get stopped by Bivol or whether Bivol, looking at his track record, seems to be able to just cruise through these fights and take these fighters the distance. He might get a late stoppage, but if I'm betting money on it, I'm going for a Bivol UD. Yeah, I am as well. I, I Absolutely. I, I believe that this will be, uh, yeah, he'll win it by three, three four rounds. But I, I mean, the, the one questionable, questionable thing about the whole thing and the one danger Bivol has is probably because Ramirez hasn't really been challenged and we don't really know when he is in there against the top fighters just how powerful he actually is. So the flip side of it is it could be a lot more powerful than we are assuming and um, and therefore he, he, he could land say on Bivol and Bivol wasn't expecting it um, and therefore lose, you know he could potentially lose a fight from that. It could even be Bivol takes his eyes off the ball thinking he just needs to get past Ramirez because he's potentially fighting for the undisputed title super middleweight against Canelo next year. So hopefully that isn't the case. If if all that aside, um, I think you're looking at a comfortable Bivol win. If anything, you know, I'd suggest if you're betting on it, whack it on an accumulator and have Bivol as a points decision. Get some other fighters on there. <laughs> yeah, well, there is other fights on this card that we are going to talk about, and Chantal Cameron, Jessica McCaskill is one of them. A uh, really good fight. This, uh, yeah. I suppose, it was a surprise to me when it was announced. I wasn't. I know McCaskill's obviously fought down at the lower weights before. I, I knew that. I was just surprised that 
you know, this was the fight that was made. And, and fair enough, she's put herself in a position as the undisputed welterweight champion of the world to have a bit of sway to come down away and fight Chantal Cameron, who's now looking for that ultimate glory of becoming undisputed champion. Obviously, she currently holds belts with the IBF and the WBC, and she's looking to get the IBO, the WBA, and the WBO's titles to add to her collection. And this is a really, really good fight. And McCaskill... It's not going to be an easy fight for Cameron against McCaskill because look what McCaskill did against Cecilia Breakhouse, the long-standing champion, during 2020. She absolutely yeah. outpointed her. Like she outpointed, and then she did it again in the rematch to prove it wasn't a fluke. And then she's defended her titles up at welterweight twice: once last year, and then again earlier this year. So for her, it's a golden opportunity to become a two-way undisputed champion, which. You know, if you're in that position and you can move between them weights freely, absolutely you're going to take an opportunity like this, hundred percent, to become absolutely. a two to become a two weight undisputed champion. Though, like, it's not often that happens whatsoever. There's not many fighters in the sport, male or female, that can achieve that level of success. So it's huge for her, but for Cameron, it's a chance to solidify her potential that we've always known she's had like she we, she's already a world champion she's already done that but a lot of people within british boxing do believe she she cleans up this division and eventually fights katie taylor which is what we've talked about in our reaction show recently about katie taylor in future fights so cameron's got to come through this fight i mean what advantages does she have against mccaskill because mccaskill's been able to move through these weights quite freely and quite successfully so just just cameron have the ability to you know keep McCaskill off her, I think is the question I'm trying to ask because McCaskill's going to come on and she's going to put the pressure on but that will that suit Chantel? I think it might. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No I think it might as well. And I think uh, with Chantel, I do like, I think she's the better boxer. I do feel that way. Um, I think, uh, but what Jessica is, she's resilient and um, she, she isn't a frightened to get down and dirty if need be. And she, she's also, don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking her, I'm not saying she's she's not already a good boxer herself. I mean, she's an undisputed champion in the weight above. But I mean, 
I just feel that it's a, it's a really tight fight. And you've got two minutes. I mean, we keep mentioning it. I think that's the killer is when it's a one-sided fight, like we see with Katie Taylor the other night, uh, just two-minute rounds. It was, it was just a, you know, it, was, it just went through the motions. It was an easy night work. But when it comes to these close competitive fights like this, and you've got two minutes to impose yourself on on the judges and, and you know, and the crowd, I mean, I, I, I can see this being so tight, you don't really know what way it's going to go. Um I feel that with because Chantel has, I believe, a better boxing ability. I think she might just catch the eye a little bit better than on with the judges, and therefore steal a few more of those tight rounds, and therefore just nick the decision over Jessica. But don't be surprised if Jessica goes and wins this. Um, it's a 50-50. And the crazy thing is, if Jessica McCaskill does win it, becomes undisputed champion in two different weight classes, she still won't be considered one of the legends of the female sport. It's incredible to think that, but it's true. I know. It's mad, isn't it? Well, I think I think she it should is. be. If she if she achieves she that be. if she achieves that yeah. feat though, she should be. Absolutely. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I mean she's done it before Katie Taylor. I mean, Katie Taylor's the one that's expected <laughs> yeah. to do this. She's done it before her. Exactly. And, and yet she's lost to Katie Taylor. So, it's you know, where does that put her in the standings, you know, in terms of, like, what she's done for the sport? So, we'll see what happens. I'm vying and, for... And Go on. So, that's why I think... I mean, the winner of this and Katie Taylor in in, in Ireland has got to be the fight, isn't it? Yeah. But I do believe, honestly, if it's Jessica, although she's beat her once... I'm not sure Katie will want to go down that route. I don't know. We'll see. We'll certainly see. It's a great fight. Really looking forward to this fight. And a fight on the undercard for the IBF Super Featherweight title, the vacant title. It's Alpha Barrett looking to complete destiny in his eyes by taking on Shevkatston Rakhmiov, which is a huge, huge fight for Barrett and a very dangerous one as well. A very, very dangerous one for Barrett. And this, I've always had my reservations about him, Barrett. Not, that I don't think he's a good boxer. I always thought he was a very good boxer, but I've always thought, would he be good enough at this world level? He's now getting his opportunity at this level now to fight for the IBF super featherweight title against a guy who only last year got a majority draw against Joseph Diaz, who we've just seen get beat off Sapida recently. So, you know, it just... To me, I'm not so sure about this fight. I want Barrett to win. My heart says Barrett wins this fight, but my head automatically goes to Rakimov because I think Rakimov's record and the, the, the level of opposition he's had recently and the fact that he's already fought somebody at, at a high level and the fact that he's knocking his opponents out. You know, he's had 16, 17 fights, knocked out 13. It doesn't bode well for Zelfa in that regard, but it will be down to whether Zelfa's game plan is 100% spot on. Because if it is, then Zelfa can beat him. I genuinely believe he could beat him. But I have seen, and you've probably seen it as well in the Kiko Martinez fight in particular, he can be hurt. And he's been hurt by Martinez. And I think Rakimov is a puncher like Martinez who could cause him some problems during this fight. I think it's going to be a tentative fight. I think if Rakimov lands and imposes his will on Barrett, I think there's a potential he stops Barrett. But I think if... If Barrett's able to get in and out with them flashy combinations and, and evade those big shots, I think he could take this on points. It's one of them where I think, if I'm looking at it from, from both sides, it's either going to be a Rakimov KO or a Zelfa Barrett win on points. That's that's how I see this fight going down. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with. I mean, Rakimov is uh, that Diaz fight as well. Um, he had that fight won. Um, I mean, you know, you never, as we said earlier, you know, in the other show, you're never gonna knock Diaz out. So definitely don't expect. I didn't expect that to happen. But um, Diaz, yeah, I think Rakimov. I don't know. He, he sort of just allowed him back into the fight, and he, so he has that tendency. So if it is, if he might take the first early stages of this fight, and then Zelf has got the ability to sort of push those middle sections, then um, you know. <laughs> He's got he's got a power on him as well, um, Barrett. Uh, he could land something himself. Um, not too sure whether he would do enough to knock him out, but he might do enough to rattle him enough that he can then sustain real pressure, potentially stop him or even take it further. The thing is with Zelfa, I mean, I think of that Eric Donovan fight, Sean, and I just always think that, you know, Eric Donovan had him beat, didn't he? Um, if, if he hadn't knocked him out so spectacularly, it, that fight was over. I mean, he wouldn't be in his position. Uh, so Eric Donovan, although he got the win by the knockout in the end, um, he, he showed real genuine concerns for me. And there was alarm bells. And then you see the Kiko fight. And then although he survives that and goes with seeing Kiko can whack, you know, he got through it. But again, it's question marks. And I do think with Ratmadov, I think, I think he might come unstuck, mate. I'm, I'm with you though, Sean. I want Zelfa to win. I hope he does. I really do. I will be rooting for him. My head absolutely says Rakimov, though. I think he, I think he wins this by stoppage or by on points. He might even put him down and then eventually just take it on points. But my heart says Zelfa. Um, I mean, it's a tight one. I just, I, I'll say it's tight. It's not. I really do favour Rakimov to honest with you, <laughs> but I want Zelfa. I would love him to win. I really would. So that's where I sort of my head. I'm questioning myself because I want him to win it, but I just don't think he will, Sean. I think, I think eventually. You know, looking at those two fights in particular, the alarm bells are there. Eventually, you're going to come a cropper, and I think this is the one. Yeah, I think you could be right on that. Like you said, I agree. My heart wants Elfin to win, but my head says Rakimov yeah. wins it, and he stops him as well. So let's hope we're wrong. Let's hope Zelfa Barrett does go on and win the come world on, title. <laughs> you know, we are we are generally objective, but you know, there's certain fighters. Zelfa comes from my neck of the woods, like literally grew up around the areas I used to knock about in where my wife grew up in. You know, I've been to the gym, I've seen him training, I've I've interviewed his uncle Pat, you know, I've spent time with him. It's, it's mad the connections I've got, you know, to, to sort of Zelfa Barrett as a boxer, but I've got to be realistic and think, you know, the guy that he's facing is a really, really tough opponent and can hurt you. And we've seen him hurt before, we've seen him wobbled before, we've seen him in trouble before. Can he overcome that and win this fight? Well, let's see. Let's hope he can. But if he can't, I think we, yeah. we're both solidified in our minds that Rakimov has, has maybe got a little bit too much for him. But if he if he loses this fight, Rakimov will be very happy. So let's see what happens. Let's see. Let's see how it <laughs> plays out. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we've got Galal Yafai in action on the card as well, looking to move to 3-0. And Cal Yafai is back in action as well on this card, but he's actually moved up to Bantamweight for this fight. Obviously, he's been campaigning down in the flyweight divisions and obviously losing to Gonzalez in 2020, which is, you know, it's been quite some time. It's over two years since he's been in the ring. And I, I was surprised it was that amount of time since he's not been in the ring. But it is, and he's making a comeback at Bantamweight. Most of the time... When you see this happen with a fighter, it usually means they're at the end of the career. And I think that's yeah. the first thing that comes to mind with this. He's been out for two years. He lost to uh, Chocolito Gonzalez in his last fight. And when he stepped up, he's, he's lost the fight. So will he be able to go to this division and be able to make any impact having had two years out of the ring 
and being two years older? That is the questions that I want to see answered because the bantamweight division is also a difficult division to be in. So I'm not so sure on this. I'm not feeling any good vibes about the fact that he could go on to do something else in this division, if I'm being honest with you. I'd be happy to see him win, but I'm just not so sure he does anything in the bantamweight division. So again, I could I could be eating my words within a 12 months, but inactivity and his loss and the fact that he's two years older, it leads me to believe that this is sort of the last assault on potentially trying to do something in his boxing career before he calls time on it. So we'll see. We'll see how he gets on. Uh, 9-0 prospect Akib Fiaz also makes up this card as well. He's looking to go 10-0 on the undercard of Bivol versus Ramirez. And that's the main card this weekend in Abu Dhabi. I said Dubai. I said it's actually Abu Dhabi that it's actually happening in. Um, but... We've also got another fight going on for the regular WBA super middleweight title. David Morrell, 7-0, going in there against Eidos Yebosanule. I think I've pronounced that right. It's on Showtime in the USA. David Morrell looking to solidify himself in this division. Obviously, he holds the regular version. Canelo holds the super version of it. I think he's definitely way off getting a shot. At Canelo is probably way off even maybe getting a fight against someone like a, a Caleb Plant or a Benavides. But that being said, if he puts on a performance here, there might be an opportunity that one of those two guys, Plant or Benavides, might want to take a fight against him to be able to then look at getting the regular version of the WBA super middleweight title. I mean, John Ryder would be a, a fight I could see down the line as well, potentially. David Morrell, John Ryder for the WBA regular super middleweight title. But he's got to come past his opponent, who is 16-0. and He's an undefeated fighter. I've not seen too much of him, but from what I've seen of him, it looks like he's going to cause a few problems on the night for David Morrell, but ultimately I see Morrell coming through this fight and looking to push himself forward to get a big fight in the division, I mean, who else is on the card? Andre Durrell, the same Andre Durrell that fought Cal Froch all those years ago, he's back out in the ring, I'm not too sure why he's still boxing to be honest with you, I thought he would have way ended time on his career uh, also fighting as well Nico Hernandez one of the favourites of our friend Luke he's got a lot of good things to say about Nico and his career he's also fighting on a card in Wichita as well in the USA so there's a couple of fights there Oscar Bonilla is also fighting against Kevin Walsh it's a couple of names that you US fight fans might recognise of course um, but that's it Johnston any final words then on Bivol versus Ramirez um, just, um, I, I'm, you know, it's a fight I've actually been quite looking forward to, to be honest with you. Um, and, uh, so yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, you know, it's it, when you, when you do look through the, the, the monthly schedules and, and you see, uh, the big fights, you pull them out, this is one of them. So, um, it's definitely one there and I'm just, I'm intrigued to see what Ramirez brings and whether, um, he can fulfill that potential that some people have always said he promised and Bivol's shown that we, we are now hundred percent fully behind a, a, a bit of a win, but it, it's a fascinating duel and, and one that will really develop this, this light heavyweight division. I know, I know by the sounds of it, but we'll probably be popping back down to suit middle weight, uh, but I'm sure he'll be back again. So uh, yeah, interesting. Um, but yeah, the Morel, uh, y- you've been an Uzi fight. I think that's going to be, a, I think uh, that could be over in 12. I think um, if you're interested into seeing someone getting knocked out, I think that's the fight to go and watch. I think that, that, that could end in a stunning knockout for someone. Um, I'm sort of going Morel, but you never know. Um, 
I think that's a potential bonus, banana skin for him. And, and the crazy thing is, I think it's, it's that PBC fight as well, isn't it? It's a PBC card, I believe. Um, and it is, it's just funny because that Morel has just been he's been put in hard very quickly. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. If he does get through that, he will be more than prepared to fight for a world title, whereas Benavides, I feel at times, has had it a bit easy. It's interesting how some fighters just, they some promoters just stick these guys in a lot harder than some of the others, and Morel's certainly one of them. So, look, if you if you want to see a, a shootout, I think, um, I think that's the one to go and see. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to the big, big one, the big fight of the weekend. So that's it for this Big Fight Preview episode. If you've enjoyed it, you've got any thoughts, feelings, predictions on the fights that are happening this weekend, then do let us know on social media at BTR Boxing Pod. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, on TikTok. If you've not subscribed to the podcast audio version, you can do that on Apple, on Google, on Spotify. And finally, a big shout out to the patrons of our podcast. We appreciate your support as always. Thank you so, so much for the support. And if you've not become a patron or you've heard us talking about being a patron and what that entails to do so you can go over to patreon.com forward slash btr boxing podcast on there you'll get ad free versions of these episodes you'll get early access to the series based content we've got our exclusive patron only series called boxing through the decade a look at the last 120 years of the sport and we've also got many, many other Patreon-only episodes that you won't have heard before because they've not been released to the general public. So please go and check us out. If you've got a little bit of spare free income each month, go and look at the available tiers and what you get with them available tiers, and your support would be greatly appreciated. And that's it for this episode, Fight Fans. Thank you, and we will see you next week for our reaction show. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.